This is Andrew Sahak from Life Was Peachy, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Today, I'm sharing a conversation I had with Emily Gaudreau. Emily is a, a former Playboy photographer who's now an anti-porn activist, and she also works with sexual abuse prevention. And I had such a great time talking with her about all the implications of pornography and sexual trauma and, and how it affects these young children who are getting exposed to it at such an early age. I know that I was, you know, um, we, we talked a lot about that, about the consumption of pornography, which made me think of the other things that we consume on a daily basis, right? Like, like our brains are like sponges and, and they, they soak up whatever images and narratives that it's given and whatever is absorbed gets leaked into our daily lives, our, our habits and our thoughts, right? A lot of our learned behaviors are learned through watching others. And, and then we retain that information and then later we try to replicate it. And that's pretty much how behaviors are, are taught, right? But there's a large part of learning that happens indirectly, like when you're zoned out watching a movie, you might be unaware of what behaviors your mind is, is storing in for, for later use to, to use in real life. Like what we consume mentally shapes us in so many ways. That's why a lot of mental health experts out there don't recommend scrolling through your phone before you go to bed or immediately when you wake up in the morning, you know, you reach over for your phone. Like that's bad news, dude. Like whatever you're consuming in those moments right before you rest or right when you fucking wake up, that will affect your attitude, your feelings, your thoughts, your dreams. Have you ever watched a, a scary movie right before you go to bed? And then you have fucking nightmares, right? That's <laughs> because your mind has absorbed certain aspects of that movie and now it's playing out in real life. The same thing happens with our behavior. The problem is we can't control what the mind saves on its hard drive. Now you add violence or pornography into the mix and, and when we normalize certain actions in film over and over again, we, we become numb to it. And that blurred line of what is right or wrong, it, it leaks into our behavior and into our real lives and we start, to, we start to play out what we saw on film. I talked about this with Emily, but this is a, this is a great example. So some of these sexual assault cases we saw come forth in, in the Me Too movement, they all reflected... Uh, a pretty basic storyline in pornography. There's a man in, in a higher power position at a workplace. He puts pressure on a young woman that works for him. And, you know, he, he just pressures her over and over again. So eventually they end up sleeping together, right? We, we've all seen this story play out a million fucking times. We've seen it so much that we're numb to it. It's normalized. And now that line is blurred, right? And, and thousands of men that, who have seen this play out a million times in a million different ways, they, they now think that this is the best way to sleep with your secretary or somebody they work with, right? They've seen it work a million fucking times. And the woman always seems happy. She's always satisfied. So why not try to do that in real life? Why not keep pressuring that woman? And why not just, you know, over and over? Because that's the way that it's been normalized. The problem with that is, is that we can't 
control what our mind is subconsciously absorbing and normalizing until it's too late, right? Until these women have already been abused or have, have been pressured into situations they don't feel comfortable with. It's not normal for them. It's real life for them. And we can't separate the two because our mind has already become numb to it. We've seen it so many times. It's learned behavior. Here's a great exercise to try just for a week and just see if your mood changes. This is a great exercise for, 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 for learned behavior and, 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 and consumption and really seeing how what we take in affects who we are, right? So here it is. Just for a week, don't watch any TV or scroll on your phone, like no apps, nothing, for an hour before you go to bed. Just for a week. So like read a book or listen to music, but no TV, no apps before bed for an hour. And then when you wake up, same thing. No TV, no apps, no news. Just for the first hour when you wake up. I guarantee you it would change the way you feel your outlook, your attitude towards the rest of the day, like you will feel completely different than you have because all of these things that you are consuming either right before you go to bed or right when you wake up shape how you feel, your attitude, how you're going to behave for the rest of the day or that night when you sleep, how well you're sleeping, what you're dreaming about, what's on your mind, how busy your mind is working. All of these things that you are consuming are affecting you. Just like we have to be careful about what we put in our bodies when we eat, we also need to be careful about what we put in our minds. Because what goes in has to come out. So I was looking into your story and your background, and of course, I'm, I'm doing the deep dive and all this stuff, and I see that you're talking a lot about pornography leading to human trafficking. And I had heard this, you know, this isn't the first time I've heard that idea or this theory, but then I, I did a little Google search like you do, and the first like 10,000 things that come up is this uh this uh, channel on Pornhub is getting sued by 40 different women for human trafficking. And this is like a known channel. Like it's like one of those things where the girls get in the van kind of thing. (laughs) And you, you know, it's fake, but it seems, I know, I know what you're talking about. What's the name? Um, Yeah. I know. I know. It's something something like that. Yeah. No, it's not them getting sued, but it's a company like that. Uh, It's it would be the equivalent of like, oh, VH1 is getting sued. Like it's a legit right. popular uh, like a Girls channel. Gone Wild. Yeah. Times 10. Yeah. And it blew my fucking mind. I again, like you, you hear this theory, you, you hear this idea, but you don't really actually you know, nobody actually really checks on that. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's t- there's so much. There's so much in like an un- it's unregulated. The FDA isn't going to come in and say, all right, check, check, check. My family's in the meat industry. <laughs> I completely to the other side of the meat industry. Um, and they're, they have an FDA inspector that has his own office or her own office right in the building, you know, kind of doing checks and balances. I mean, as far as like 
products that we consume and we want them to be safe to consume. Pornography is uh but Yeah, we need a we need a a PETA for people. We need a PETA for porn. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I guess I was my ignorance is I just assumed that was already happening. I thought that you signed up and there was yep. you know every like everything else on camera there's 50 different forms that you have to fill out and you have to you know you you sign away your life pretty much uh for a little bit of fame like everything else so i i assumed the porn industry was was operating under those same guidelines yeah I, you know i think it's it really is and the meat analogy is totally weird and i'm sorry if that's like bringing weird <laughs> visuals for people but i mean it really is like any industry of anything that you consume there are you know even like supplements you know there's high quality supplements and then you have people like shoving baby powder into pills and um whatever. So like, so I, I obviously worked in film and photography and we would hire stylists and every once in a while, the style, like I'd usually say an off color joke, cause that's how I am. And they'd be like, Oh, I feel like you're kind of open-minded. So they pull out their portfolio of the other work that they had done. And usually it was in the sex industry. Um, and I'm like, how do you style naked people? But that's, it's part of their portfolio, but they have 401ks, you know, they have dental insurance, um, medical insurance and steady paychecks, you know, living in LA and creating our LA or Florida, whichever, um, there, there is that piece of it. Some of the larger companies that do high quality ethical work. Uh, yes. Florida, the rat tail of America. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, anything Florida, I just, I want to, I want to take one of those, uh, Bugs Bunny giant, uh, saws and just the saw, it off. saw off Florida and just kick it off the coast. That would be, I think we and would you solve have to a take lot a boat of problems to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe, and then all maybe. the bad shit you want to do, you're just like, Hey, let's just go to Florida, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like a taboo Island. It would be perfect. Like Ibiza, not to knock Ibiza, but yes, it's but it is it is a multi-billion dollar industry so you would think that everything would be on the up and up um where do you think they're they're failing in the in the porn industry on you know those those things that they're not meeting these requirements that is leading to uh you know these child pornography leaks these human trafficking stuff like that like where do we get into the dark side (laughs) the dark side of porn (laughs) yes Um, so part of it is with any new technology, which is, you know, the internet, I mean, it really hasn't, I mean, I remember life without, I know without the internet was like, you know, trying to like dial up or whatever. Um, I mean, it took a hundred years for the car seat to be created and implemented in automobiles and like a really long time before they were like, Hey, maybe kids shouldn't drive. And maybe people who are intoxicated shouldn't drive. And the, the safety measures it took a hundred years for that to happen in a vehicle. So the internet and all that just in its, in itself, the, the ramifications for that kind of media hasn't been fully realized and the safeguards haven't been put in place. And of course we obviously as Americans don't want anything. Um, and like me too, I don't want my, my freedom of speech um, limited. I don't, I don't like censorship at all. So like, how do we navigate that? There's that piece, but then, I actually knew somebody um, who worked in pornography. I worked at Play. I worked with Playboy for a little bit, but he worked in the pornography industry. And he was like, "There's once you cross 
uh, this level of morality. It's kind of like known ethics that have been ingrained in us for a very long time about sexuality. Once that's crossed, there isn't there isn't a stopping point. There isn't uh well this that's not okay, but this is this is okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Like that definition wants crossed that river and there's a specific Greek river or something that I think we once you've gone there like it's like what where where's the stopping point and that was his point is like you you have to be very careful about entering into anything like that um because there's just not a lot of morality well I think I think another thing that we battle in this country too in and this leaks into everything else when it comes to uh, human rights and freedom of speech and and all those things we're talking about uh, the bigger scale of it is like who who gets to decide that yeah. so not only where is that line but also who decides where that line is and I think a lot of time though what, what hurts us is this we have this religious narrative in this country right like god's on our money he's in our pledge of allegiance he's mm-hmm. he's yeah. everywhere uh he's like santa you know he's always watching and like uh walmart um <laughs> like book racks as you're checking yes out. yes and, so, that. and i'm a christian too and i'm like whoa that'd be weird if it was like islamic or you know just like, yeah that's, that's odd. but anyways yeah that yeah that's oh, another topic <laughs> because it's like it's idea of like yes we have religious freedom if you're christian yeah. uh, <laughs> you know it's like this nice little sidebar that we have in america like exactly. you can do whatever you want with religion if you're christian um <laughs> But yeah, so who, so how do we get to a point where, I mean, who gets to decide those, those lines? I mean, is it something that you think that we, that eventually we can all agree on and says, okay, this type of pornography is accepted, but this type isn't, I mean, going, I mean, obviously there's already some barriers on that um, you're talking about, but that's more restricted for age. Um, Yeah but not content. Yeah. So here's the, I've got, I've got my brain, just like this team of horses just hit my forehead on the inside. But, um, so there's a couple different layers to that. There's, um, so I, I, I identify as like a libertarian. So the basis of that is like respect of property. Um, so your body is your property. So having, I mean, it, it's like consent. If, if somebody's property is being violated or stolen or uh, unconsensually taken, um, that violates a code of ethics, right? I think that's like a really simple way of looking at it. Um, if, if something had happened to somebody and it was filmed without their permission, um, that is, you know, that's their body, that's their property, you know, you're stealing from them. Um, and then the the other the other part of it is um, as far as like what kind of pornography can be produced, um, it, there's I'd like to create like a little bit of separation as far as because we're, we're basically asking morality. You know, there's anime, yeah. there's there's that kind of stuff where you're like, okay, nobody's being hurt in anime. But there is, right. right? So, so now you so have all these, like, pornography has to be animated <laughs> from right. Now but, on. but then is that okay? Because if you watch anime, you're like, oh my gosh, this is shocking. I mean, it's it's you don't have a person being hurt, but you're like, wow, people are getting off on this stuff. But 
what I, th what I think needs to happen is kind of an, an empowerment of people to own their own sexual fantasies. Um, and what's happened with pornography is, you know, you look at this stuff and you're like, holy cow, this is the weirdest stuff ever. Like you're sick, you're masturbating to this stuff, but it's not, it's not like that. It's not sick. It's your, your mind has to, you've got breaks and acceleration in, in regards to um, sexual arousal and you're, you need to feel safe to feel selfish in sexuality. So what you do is your brain, it's like dreaming, creates a narrative in which this is a situation where you feel safe. And a lot of, a lot of the elements in fantasy have to do with the person actually wanting, so say like a rape scene, you know, that's kind of like, oh gosh, that's terrible. But the key to that fantasy is that person wants to be raped and they're not actually being hurt. You know, and if you watch pornography, the key thing and the most troubling thing in regards to kids watching it is it's like they like it. All the actors like it. The girl's being raped and choked and like all this crazy stuff and she likes it. That's the key element is because it's this fantasy that you can have, you can be rough and sexual and be whatever. And no matter what you do, she likes it and she wants it. And it's this safe place in that fantasy right? Um, that's the one piece that we need to kind of destigmatize is like, because you, even, even animals, insects, like all that, like, whoa, that's super crazy. It's not as crazy as you think it is because it's like your, it's like your dreams. You know, we have, we have, analyze our dreams and blah, 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 but you don't go, oh, that's, that's who I am. You're just like, whoa, the brain's crazy. Sexual fantasies are very much the same way. So there needs to be a separation of I masturbate and I get off on this, watching this, therefore I am this. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, and that, that separation is so important because when it gets dangerous is those narratives bleeding over into real life, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's what we need more control on is those, those narratives where, and I think that bleeds over into society and our actions and everything where you're watching uh, first off, these this pornography that has these titles that are so degrading towards women. Every every title I read is just like the most despicable thing. <laughs> you know, it's never yeah. like man and a woman loving each other <laughs> or whatever. It's like right. woman takes dick against her will, and you know, you're like, oh my yeah. god, what is happening here? And those narratives bleed over into the real world, also in the content it provides and the actions that it's showing, just like everything else in media that we watch where you know we've known this for years where in 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 film hollywood kind of uh, trains us to be okay with certain things right, right. um it just for if if you're in up to uh, the the alien world that's happening right now all this all this alien documents coming out well they've been telling us for years through film this is how we contact aliens this is, this is okay this is what we're gonna do and all this stuff and now the idea of aliens being here we're like okay cool so yeah. it's kind of got us used to this like in the same, this, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the same narrative transfers over even with pornography. You're seeing, you know, let's let's say for instance the you know the the office scene where the the secretary is working at her desk and the boss comes over and he cheats on his wife with the secretary and he's making moves and she's kind of against it at first and he keeps pushing and then the next thing you know she's on the copy machine that narrative copies over into real life where now you have a, a dude and his 
going through a midlife crisis, working the same shitty job he's worked at the office for 30 years. He has three kids and hates his fucking life and hates his wife. And now he's got his secretary pinned up against the, co- the copy machine because he thinks that this is okay. And this is what that real life is based on those fantasies that he's seen play out so many times. Right. Yeah. Um, gosh, that was a super descriptive uh, fantasy. You just <laughs> So I've watched it three times this so morning I've and I got to tell you. <laughs> on my, on my automatic. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, it's, of course, like people, people play these things out in life um, and they don't know what they, they think again, this is who, this is who I am. This is what I like. Therefore, this is how things are, you know, and then they re- the realization that that fantasy is not as awesome as they thought it was, is usually what ends up happening. Um, but I, I think education especially with kids kind of de uh, vilifying sexual fantasies and just kind of it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> Not with kids. Like, okay. That's like a very <laughs> broad spectrum of it's age. It's a very but like, niche. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think like about the time when you're like in high school and you're like, Oh, I had this crazy dream. And like, if you dream of like the white ball, what does that mean? I think there should be some accessibility to like, I, especially now that we have pornography, it's kind of like no holds bar now because like we've, we've opened Pandora's box and kids as age as young as five and younger are being exposed to pornography and like that shit, crazy pornography, you know? Um, and it really, it, it really messes with them, but um, yeah, people are going to mess with their secretaries. They were doing that before. They were doing that well before sexual, like, lack of monogamy and all that kind of stuff is like, a, whoops, a whole other ball game. Yeah, and I think, again, that that narrative bleeds over into a dangerous realm, and that's where you get a lot of these abuse cases for the Me yeah. Too movement and all this stuff is because we've we've seen it play out in our as 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 men. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say we've seen this play out in our favor so many times where. You, you know, uh, if if you keep pushing or if you have or if you were in power and this and that, it's been displayed in pornography so often that we it just we just assume that's what real life is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what the odd part is? They just I, gosh, I can't remember what research group it was searched. Um, it documented how many the most violent pornography um, videos were searched and more of them were watched by women than they were by men. Really? Yes. And so this is, this is the fascinating thing right now is there, and this is, everybody take this with a massive grain of salt, but, um, a lot of times sexual fantasies, and I'm not a psychologist, this is all from people who are like actually on the ground floor doing the research. I'm just reiterating it. Um, a lot of times there's uh, guilt about uh, being dominant. And what they're finding is the sexual fantasies of women are getting more and more um, submissive because they're in this spot where they, they have, I mean, it's, this is like bizarre and deep. And there's, there's a book called Arousal by um, 
Dr. I think of it interesting. Dr. Michael J. Batter, I think is his name. And he kind of, he's a psychoanalyst and he lays it all out much better than I will. Um, but this fear of being able to be selfish in a situation um, that's safe. So dominating as women get more, more up the ladder, fantasizing about dominating men or men dominating them, kind of like the rape scenes and that kind of thing seem to be getting more and more common. See, now I've, I've heard, you know, uh, I did of, not say that very smoothly. Sorry. It's like, <laughs> I'm still fine. like a little shocked by reading this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, that's so, sharing. Yeah. That's surprising because, you know, I, of course I've, I've heard of these rape fantasies and stuff and I've even, you know, when in my single days have, have come across a few females who are into that and I, uh, I can't, I personally can't get into that. I'm a, right, <laughs> I'm a yeah, pretty a, easygoing guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you don't want to hurt anybody of, right no and i also don't i don't feel comfortable crossing that line you know a little bit of light choking sure i'm game uh but these women who want to be choked almost until they pass out and to to be able to achieve orgasm and and, and things of that nature like i that i i can't do that i can't bring myself to that okay, okay wait wait let's talk about that do you think I mean, so you've dated girls that have wanted that. Yes. Yes. Okay. They've had the rape fantasy or the extremely okay. rough, you know, almost, of, almost blackout yeah. orgasm. Yeah. Okay. So do you think that that's got a little bit to do with how comfortable our lives are? And people have this, you know, we watch these like crazy where people run the 300 miles through the Amazon or whatever, like wanting to have something to like make them feel like they're alive. Oh, I, 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 I think it goes all, it goes into that factor, that adrenaline and that feeling of alive. I think it's attached more to trauma than it is attached to the mundane uh, life of, of just like the everyday that we're living. So you think that that's like a PTSD type thing or because of something that had happened to them? Yeah, I think it's, I think, I don't want to say all the time because every scenario yeah, is yeah. different. And But um, I would say that uh, my bet would be the majority is that it's linked to some kind of um, the uh, the first the first interactions they had with sex might have been more rough or more violent even. And even maybe against their will from a family member or friend or this or that, you have these trauma cases. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the first experience that they had with sex and so a a part of them thinks that oh this is sex and they don't they don't understand that there are different layers there are different ways to sex there's so like sex is such an open wide fucking world of sports (laughs) and um but i feel like uh, the going back to what you were saying about kids getting into porn not getting into porn but watching porn observing it and, and getting their hands on it those first images you have of sex and that first idea of what you have will stay with you for the rest of your life because that's your first introduction to it's like, it's like anything else that you consume, right? Porn is consumption. We talked about that. So it's like, if the first food that you have is a deep dish pizza, (laughs) right? Like you're, you're four years old, you have deep dish pizza for the first time. 
And then somebody, you know, when you're 25 years old and you're out with somebody and they're like, hey, you want to get some pizza? And they take you to some place that has like really thin, crispy pizza. You're going to be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like you said right. we were going to have pizza. Like the, the important part is from <laughs> four to 20 or whatever. There's nothing said otherwise. Right. Yeah. You just you, you just assume that all pizza is deep dish pizza. And it's not. <laughs> they, they, there's there's a, there's cheese in the in the crust now. There's yeah. <laughs> there's all these different topics. Like there are so many different there's brick oven. There's it's it's a wide world out there uh, uh, of pizza. And but all you know and all you attach to those feelings of uh, desire and all those feelings uh, that uh, achievement and all that stuff that comes with expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Expectations and all that is attached to this deep dish pizza that you're used to or that you had for the first time and that you thought that this was just it this is how everybody on very, eats pizza. On just just exactly like that on a very mellow level a guy was telling me the other day that he his brother has always had these like posters of like these sexy women their boobs are all greased up and oiled and um just like these incredible bodies and um he when he got a girlfriend he was like two things happened one her breasts were like not oiled and glossy and like this weird <laughs> imagine he was like i was legit surprised that her boobs didn't look like that um it was like part of her body he was like oh super dis- disappointing boob experience and then i think there was a point where she farted in front of him and he just couldn't do it like that was it he was done with her I mean this is like very early on like maybe it was like 14 year old or something like that because girls don't fart and you know they were on this like pedestal of what these magical girls were and uh so he didn't talk, I, don't, I think he like didn't talk to her so anyways he was like I feel really bad I still have guilt <laughs> this poor girl well her yeah I mean Bill and she farted and like <laughs> Uh, yeah i had to interact with real women yes (laughs) but that was you know again like on a really funny um like mellow level same thing that was pre pre pre-internet um but yeah so do you think do you think the answer is (sighs) okay i think you know, I've been out of school for a long time, so I'm not sure what the sex education looks like nowadays. Um, but when I went to school, it was the bare minimum, very basic. Uh, you know, uh, it, it was uh, Christianized. You know, uh, all all of those things. Even even my girlfriend and I were talking the other day about um, about periods, and she was talking about tampons and, and the different thing and pads and she was asking me uh the difference between these because she saw some tiktok and you know it's you popular like on tiktok you have to get a hotel for the week it's you know um but and she was surprised to learn that we didn't like they didn't teach any of us about any of that like if you were a oh, dude wow. in the mid in the 90s growing up like i don't know the difference between tampons and pa- i mean i know now but like they didn't fucking have a class on that they didn't show right. us th- that, they that didn't was for the girls we, were the girls that, and boys separated, we were separated. Right. Uh, yeah and so you have this whole generation of of humans out there that are literally clueless on what women go through talking about the realities of women and <laughs> you know the, yeah. the more you learn and you're like oh that's how that happens 
and that's what you use that for and this is what's happening so in that in that vein do you think do you think opening up that that world a little bit more for for kids in high school not obviously young kids but you know, whenever you start learning about that, what is that freshman year, sophomore year? Do you think that's a great time to have more honest conversations with these kids about sexuality and, and well, everything related is, to it? This is an interesting topic for sure, because it's um, slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, it is. And um, right now there's something called porn literacy. So I'm all about teaching anatomy because it's really important for sex abuse prevention you know all of that like knowing about menstruation and how the body really works and like you know girls don't even know that like the vagina is the inside part and the outside part is a vulva like nobody even refers to it as that there's no i, I drove a vulva in high school yeah <laughs> people don't know it's a <laughs> vulva <laughs> vulva you're right we yeah. Went too, and my daughter's like, let's get in the vulva. Volvo. Is the vulva. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Um, but there's now even grown women and in a lot of the education, there's no uh, acknowledgement of the external genitalia of women it, because the only thing it does is make it makes her feel good. It's like God's little nod to women. Like, here's this thing. It's called a clitoris. It's pretty awesome. And the only thing it does, literally the only thing it does is makes you feel good. Right. There's no like, uh, there's no other like purpose for it. Like, thank you, God. That's, you know, awesome. Um, well, that'll be my next Wal- um, Walmart book. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing most God, men don't even know <laughs> thank you for my clitoris most men don't even know about the clitoris till they're in their late 30s i mean right. that's a that's a problem it is a problem you know and it's you know even from like the christian community like having you know your marriage lasting and not having divorce and having like a good family unit like how are you expecting people to go into this long-term relationship completely unprepared um, with copious amounts of shame, you know, sex education. I mean, it's, it's a problem because it was so, um, what's the right, the puritanical. And then like, now it's like this swing to the other side where we have gender fluidity being like, Hey, you can choose what gender you are. You know, you can, the conversations are like, you can be any, you could be anything, you can be any. And I'm like, why don't we just not make it like, life is so complicated. Like if somebody feels like they're a girl or boy or anything in between, they're going to find it themselves. They don't need to be, um, it doesn't need to be pushed on like, Hey, find your label now. You know, am I bi? Am I, you know, pansexual? Am I, you know, non-cisgender? All of that stuff. Like, figure that out on your own. That's your own, like, awesome sexuality. That part of it is getting over-educated. They're wanting so much to educate the LGBTQ plus blah, 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 anything but cisgender um, and making sure it's inclusive, um, which also inclusivity is really dangerous when you have pornography. You're like, oh, blood, you like to do blood play. Okay, let's include <laughs> that. You know, like you like to choke out, like, let's include that. We want to be inclusive. And it's like, we, 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 whoa, we, whoa, like, 
there's a, there is a stopping point. Let's teach the boys about pads and tampons. <laughs> right. Yeah. Basic anatomy would be great to start yes. with. Yes. I think, I think a lot of the times that, that taboo that comes along with sexual, uh, with sexual things is, is it stops our growth because again, what you're talking about is this idea of like, be whatever you want. Let's have this big giant open discussion about who you are sexually or how you kind of uh, identify sexually mm-hmm. without even a lot of times these kids haven't even kissed anybody yet. Right. Um, they just know these ideas that they might or might not have. They haven't really experimented with anything. And so I think those conversations of who you are sexually and what you attach yourself to, I mean, sure have them, but don't pressure them. And Right. Have those have those hard like those bigger in depth conversations once they go off to college, once they have a little bit of diversity in their life, once they meet people from uh, other than their hometown, <laughs> you know, once yeah. you've kissed more than one or two people, you know, then you can ask yourself, okay, who am I? Wh- what do I feel like? What do I like? What are these things? I think that taboo that restricts us with sexuality and a lot of times with that religious narrative, it 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 shuts us in. So now we're taught that, okay, um, if I'm, if I've been with X amount of people, then I'm a bad person. Mm -hmm. So you're not allowing this person to even explore. You're expecting them to find somebody, fall in love and just be with that person until the end of time by the age of 25, because you got to have kids, you got to get married, you got to buy a house, (laughs) you know, all these, this narrative that we've been living under for fucking since uh, the pilgrims so yeah yeah well, here's, how the, do here's we, the other part i oh, sorry go ahead Get oh i was just gonna, i was just gonna ask how do we how do we work on opening that world up and making sex less taboo well here's here's the crazy part is it would be awesome if we could shut down free pornography like that's all like i'm not going to take on the porn industry but like can we make it to where you at least have to have a credit card that'd be awesome right um, because now we're like, hey, how do we make it less taboo? But we've got this absolutely freaking insane thing going on where these kids are like, I've never even held hands with somebody, but I've watched gangbangs, you know? And yeah. then they're like, I, I am this, I am that because of what they're watching, because what they're getting off on. And what ends up happening is like, say, this is like a really tame version. Um, uh, somebody's watching like lesbian, lesbian pornography. And then they're like, oh I, oh, I always get, that's my thing. No, no, that's what you're fantasizing about. But you know, it's, it's, it's different. You don't even know, like you've never kissed, a, you've never kissed a girl. And like, you've, you've never kissed a boy. You've never had any sexual experience whatsoever. You're watching somebody else's sexual experience And, or having fantasies, which is like your dream world. It's such, it's not sexual reality at all. So, you know, it's like, how do we, it's just a flipping mess right now, you know, to not shame. Um, So now we have to go, okay, the whole not shaming about sexuality has to be totally put on the back burner because now we have to go, okay, so you, everybody's watching porn and how are we going to deal with that first? Yeah. And I, I feel like, unfortunately, the idea of how to keep kids from watching porn is, ugh, I hate to even say, but it's, 
it feels like the same, well, the same conversation that Republicans have when it comes to gun control. And they're like, if a bad guy wants a gun, he's going to get a gun. And you're like, okay, but we can do steps to help prevent a bad guy from getting it. And they're like, right. nope, yep. bad guy. So I feel like it's the same conversation where it's like, well, if a kid it wants to watch porn, he's going to find a way to watch porn. I know that even yeah. before the internet and everything was so accessible where you could watch it literally on your fucking phone, <laughs> like, which is insane to me that you can yeah. even do and that. Kid, and parents are giving kids like in fifth. Yeah. Like, 11 year olds like, have iPhones mean? now. Uh, nicer iPhones than I have, <laughs> but you know, when I, and my, my old manness is coming out now, but in, in my day, if, yeah. you know, even before dial up, I could watch, you know, I could see women in their underwear in magazines and that was quote unquote porn for me. Yeah. So again, like if, if you have a, a horny 11 or 12 year old or 10 year old out there, I mean, I know that I started uh, watching porn and, and getting involved in that when I was 11 or 12. Um, if you have somebody Shame on you, no, I just... know, I know. You were a bad, -E -double were a bad horny boy. <laughs> I was, I was. <laughs> I was sneaking it. I had all the Sears magazines. My mother couldn't Everybody order anything. Everybody else did, you know, and girls too. This is, that's the thing is people have this, like, kids are not sexual beings. They absolutely are. They're not sexual yes. like you are because you've seen all the porn and you've done all that stuff. And, but they, they have this awesome body that has pleasure and they have this drive to touch it. And they are curious at other people's special parts and, yeah, it's human nature. It, it you know, uh, once once your body starts changing and you'll find hair in places <laughs> you didn't have hair before, you, you those emotions can't be stopped. And so I feel like they're I, I feel like there we should be focusing on on ways that, again, like gun control, make it harder for children to access pornography, especially the more violent Types you know what, yes, exactly. And the, the hard part about this, another like slippery word, um, is, <laughs> um, is that the free pornography is some of the worst. If you actually pay, you can get really high quality, ethical, beautiful pornography that's like adult and okay. And I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying that you, I'm not you're like porn's okay if it's art <laughs> if but it's some guy in a van mean, forget it like like the ethical pornography is not free let's just put it that way so ha having to have a credit card that's the biggest thing if we could just make it to where you have to have a credit card um would be a huge improvement um so are you against pornography in general do you think that pornography should not be out there in the world I don't. I really don't think it should be. But I, it, like I'm not. Like I said, I'm going to take on a porn industry. But um, part part of the cool thing about being a creative human is that those sexual fantasies that you have are yours, you know. And what's what happens with pornography is you're like, I don't want to be me. You decide what I'm going to fantasize about, and. I feel okay with myself because there's other people fantasizing about this 
and that's the, that's the separation. There's, you know, a lot of dialogue about loss of self and whatever around pornography. And there's people who are severely addicted to it, like can't function. It's a big problem for them kind of a thing. Fully talking about the consumption side. But you're handing over this unbelievable source of energy and power and creative force to this like creepy it's just nothing you know just having like really centering and get this is the total new age blah, um stuff but it's like own that own that make that yours like explore it like you know rather than just go i'm gonna watch somebody else it's like you're only a vo- warrior and it's okay because I'm, it's not my fantasy. I'm just watching somebody else's weird fantasy. Like, no, have your own fantasy. Like, own it. Come on, have sexual fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lazy. Stop it's watching lazy. football and sign up for the team. It's lazy uh, sexuality. It's not, you know, it's just, it's such a step away from even masturbation. And that's the other part too, is like, you watch porn to get off quick. Right. That's the thing. It's this like cheap Velveeta Twinkie tool to get you to have an orgasm. And like, that's what you're getting. That's the level quality of pleasure you're getting. Well done. So, like, so are you, so do you, uh, so do you still watch porn or are you, have you been off? Of, I feel like you're recovering. When's the last time you had a, My a porn? My name is Emily and you know, <laughs> Some, I mean, I don't, I don't watch pornography to masturbate, which is essentially what everybody, that's kind of the deal. But like, I went on this, gosh. That sounds like the guys who say that I don't read. I I don't don't get, I I, I get Playboy for the articles. (laughs) Well, you know, there are things that come up and I'm like, I, you know, that they have it on Pornhub or whatever. And I'm like, is this, you know, is this really happening? And it's, yeah, and I get on there and like that. I'm a, I'm a very visual person. Um, and I used to, I'll be honest, just so everybody knows, I'm not like some total, pro- I mean, I work for Playboy, come on. Um, I used to watch lesbian pornography because I was like, I felt like the girls weren't being hurt. That was my, like, I couldn't, I couldn't watch it because like when the men were involved, I was like, ah, like it just felt very dangerous and scary. And I was like, as long as there's women in it. Um, and then the other day I was looking at, uh, anime cause I was like, whoa, this is an interesting, like exploration of a different path. You know, it goes to the manufacturing of pornography. That side of it is that it's more ethical and I'm like equally as traumatized. I mean, the, the images are so real. Yeah. It's like, it's like the darkest part of somebody's brain, which is great. That's fine. Like we all have dark, strange, sexy, weird sexual places. Um, but when it's not yours, it's super weird. (laughs) And it just haunts me a little bit. I'm like, Ooh, I just went into some of these wet psychological place. (laughs) (laughs) It always, anime always reminds me of that. Um, remember that movie that came out in the late nineties, that cool world. Did you ever see that? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Was it like I think, I'm, I I think just got... Brad Pitt was in it, and it was um, half like he like went into this cartoon world. Uh, it was like around the time when Roger Rabbit was popular, and they were doing oh. this like, kind of I rem- mixed I animation. The, I remember the name, but I'm like, in, I grew up in like the hills. Like we didn't, 
Okay. Satellite TV. Yeah. So this was on a thing called a television, and this would uh, <laughs> no, but they, they they're in the late '90s. There was this boom of animation versus reality, where you had uh, stuff like Cool World was happening. Yeah, yeah. Roger oh, okay. Rabbit yeah, was yeah, big, yeah. Um, and there was uh, that Paul Abdul music video came out where there was like this like sexy fox that would like follow her around in the music video, and like even Michael Jackson had something with this animated character like this like panther or something that was yeah. supposed to be him and anyways this idea of uh reality with anime. yeah yeah mixing this idea of like fucking cartoon characters mm -hmm. and i see this all the time where you have these parodies of like family guy or the simpsons characters or like even minecraft like these video games now have these pornography uh uh you know parodies happening do you what how, is that to lure do you think that's aimed at children or do you think that's aimed at uh more twisted minded adults okay there's there's a couple a couple of things i know we went to tokyo not too long ago and uh i love i'm totally a japanophile like i just want all things japanese um so but they're you know they're super weird sexual people Sorry, all the Japanese listeners. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it seems they're, like very, dirty they're very into yeah, <laughs> anime and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The most, uh, I don't know what the statistic is, but it's like a large portion of uh, male Japan, maybe even females, but like they probably don't even care about what the females are fantasizing about. Um, fantasize about uh, in, in anime. Do so, you think it's it's because the reality of sex over there is so restricted? So even when you watch um, a lot of a lot of uh, Asian porn is blurred out, and yeah, they have so, this restriction where you can't even see the action. Yeah. So here's here's the thing about that is you have to remember fantasies allow us to be safe sexually. So you know a lot of times in the rape scenes and stuff like that, the person being raped is in control of what's happening. They can call cut, they can call whatever, and they're actually enjoying it. Um, animated, animated fantasies are super safe. They can be and do whatever. They can like act crazy and turn into a monster and do horrible things or, you know, they can be whoever they want to be and it's wanted and they're not dishonoring and they're not, you know, it's just, it's like the ultimate safe zone in the brain. Um, that I'm okay. I'm going to be, I, I can, you know, it's the brakes and the accelerators. Um, it accelerates it when there isn't uh, you're a creep because you're doing this to somebody. It eliminates all the brakes. Right. Yeah. It's all consensual because it's just, it's, Fiction. it's complete fantasy. Nobody's actually being hurt. Nobody's actually having sex. Nobody's um, saying yes or no, like they aren't violating any social laws or regulations or anything like that. So it's like, it's safe. Therefore they can be aroused. So how can we, like, let's say I want to, uh, I, 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 you've changed my mind. I'm done with pornography. I want to live in this, this more, this fantasy driven reality of, of, of the sexual world. How do you, how do you begin to taper off from that, uh, from that i i because it is it, it, you you become i don't even say i mean obviously some people become addicted but you become almost reliant on it yes yeah 
how do you how do you taper away from that reliance yeah i think it's just recognition that that that's been your that's been your source this is where I get off. This is what I do. Like, I don't connect with other, I, I'm not connecting with other people. Um, I mean, with all addictions, and if, it, if you can't, if you're like, I, I want to quit pornography and I can't, there's needs not being met. You create, you know, you want to have this self-soothing, it's a self-soothing practice. So like, what is, what is it? What kind of addictive behavior? What has led you? What trauma has led you to that or not? Or what are you not getting? Um, and then also just slowly like integrating, just, <laughs> I'm like, how do, how do I say this? But like spend time with yourself and like be with yourself and don't turn on your phone. It, it honestly, like detoxing from your phone in general would be huge. You know, yeah. if you feel yourself gravitating towards it say, no, I'm going to do it without. And it's going to be weird. And you're going to be like, uh, but watching other people have sex and masturbating to it is kind of weird too. So like choose your weird. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it is such a, it's such an odd thing that you don't really, I mean, I, I don't know if women share this, this same view afterwards, but um, men, it's very common for us to have a lot of shame and guilt after we orgasm from watching porn or whatever you you know, you catch that reflection in the computer screen and you're like, oh, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> you know? uh, and then it goes right. cycle and then you feel bad and then you need self-soothing and then and there yeah. you are again, right? <laughs> I know what to make me feel good. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I've heard people say. And like, I think most people relate to it. It's like, I, I, well, let's put it this way. Um, like sex and orgasms, it's a place that you go. And as soon as you're done with that place, the door shuts. And then you're like, whoa, back to reality. Um, which isn't as shocking when it's in your own head and like, you know, you're all hot, you're there watching pornography and then you come and then like, oh my God, it's like, oh God, shut down. But when it's, when it's into your own head, it's not like that. I feel very strange talking about this like this with you. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, like a lot of people have these like, direct questions that they ask me so it's um yeah the fantasy stuff is i mean it's like n needless to say like is fascinating to me it's this whole part of human psychology that i think has been left out it's like analyzing dreams um and this book arousal it's got this like i hate to say this but it's like a terrible cover it's got like an oyster with a pearl and i'm just like oh my gosh it's like totally right. dumbs down the content it's really powerful content and you can look up like all the sexual fantasies that people have and kind of what the psychoanalyst has found that they're related to um and it's not what you think it is it's often not at all what you think it is yeah, I think we've just been marketed like everything else um, because porn is a product. I think we've been marketed all wrong. I think we our sexuality has now been marketed to us as this is sex and this is what sex has to be. And uh, again, like sex being such a, a wide world of sports, sex can be anything from, uh, you know, light touching, massaging to the actual actions of it. So right. it's such a, 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 a wide world there. Um, it's hard to, to pinpoint it. And you know what, the, the thing with pornography, I'm totally cutting you off. Um, oh, you're fine. <laughs> no, the thing with pornography is it's brilliant from a business standpoint, because they go, 
you, we're going to get you to where you think that violence and sex is what turns you on. And there was a study at Manchester Metropolitan University, which I was actually a part of, and I've never told anybody this, um, where they studied, I was telling my husband and he was like, you did what? Yes. (laughs) And I know that this is how it happened because I was a part of it. I was a poor student in England and I was a part of this study um, where they measured (laughs) sexual arousal like blood flow to the genitals in against like you'd push these little buzzers that said like you were you, you're watching pornography and you're like yes i'm interested in this this i'm turned on by this and then they collected all the data and they found that only 50 percent of the time men lined up with their genital arousal and their mental arousal right and women it's only 20 percent overlap what ends up happening is you're watching pornography and you're like, ooh, I'm like, I'm having an erection, I'm having vaginal wetness, whatever. And this is who I am. This is what I like. No, that's not what you like. That's you're seeing something sexual. You might like it, whatever. But then pornography goes, okay, we're going to, we're going to get somebody sexually aroused and then we're going to twist some violence in there. Now you can, and you're like, oh, this is who I am. This is what I like. And guess what? You can't get it anywhere else but here. If you go out and act this out, you will be thrown in jail, hopefully. And they've taken away you fantasizing on your own, which you probably wouldn't fantasize that. I mean, maybe you would, but they've made it like, okay, you come here, we're safe space for you to play out your sexual, violent sexual fantasy. And I remember the first time I saw like real violent pornography, I called my godson and I was like, listen, if you become sexually aroused while watching something like this, and there's that crossover of sex and violence, be mindful, be mindful of what, what is happening. And you will be sexually aroused because sexual things are happening. Like it, it's not, it's not, it's part of your autonomic nervous system. It's not a, Oh, I dig this. It's like, Oh, something sexual is happening. And your body's like, all right, let's go. When it's, it may not be. So, so when you're describing the, this more violent uh, pornography, like be more descriptive. Are we talking choking and spanking and those kind of things? Or are we talking more of uh, really violent things like, like hitting or slapping? Like, what, like, like go into detail I mean, more any, about any that of it. definition. Any, any that would be, you're not going to get anywhere else. You know, like a lot of times, okay. like I've seen, um, pornography where they're having anal sex with things that are like so there's no way a a body is enjoying it like somebody is really being hurt by what is happening there's no flipping way and it's like it's it's the words and everything are like you know like we said like I want to hurt you I want to rape you like people are being choked like you can tell that there's pain if you don't have the audio on you look at it and that's like people are being hurt Right. Um, and, and you're mixing that with like sexual arousal and the mix with like, oh, I want this. I like this. It's just a twist. It's such a brilliant strategic twist. And it's a money-making machine. And you just have to be aware of that and not, you know, I, I mean, I, I, the reason that this, that study is important in the work that I do, because I teach sexual abuse prevention to parents for children, is uh, when kids are sexually abused, a lot of times the one issue that carries with them the rest of their life is if they had any response to it. If they had an erection or anything like that, it was 
it just twists their brain. It just completely twists the brain. And I just saw an episode in Outlander, <laughs> pulling it back into the um, modern culture here, uh, or periodic culture, um, where he was raped in this scene. And, it, you know, the violence couldn't break him, like, oh, this pain couldn't break him. But the guy, like, had him have um, an orgasm or whatever while he was raping him. And it was just totally broke this guy. So it's a really interesting, whoever is on the team, like knows is very, very educated into sexual trauma because that's the thing that warps people's brain. But knowing that you, you don't have that choice, it was not you. That was your, you know, autonomic nervous system responding. Yeah. And talking about that, those responses, I, I think that, um, yeah. It, it varies so so much between between men and women because a lot of times you know uh with men like we become aroused for no reason you know i, I think right. we, you know most men have been that where you're just like it's yeah. it's friction over fiction <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. i'm not yeah, fantasizing exactly. anything i'm not even thinking about anything maybe i'm on a bus and all of a sudden it's happening and yeah. you're like, well, what is this for? What is this about? And um, so when that, I think, you know, with, with men watching pornography, uh, I think that's so important what they are consuming because you are purposely seeking that out to have that reaction, right? To get aroused. And I think what, what you're talking about an outlander and in, in this trauma, exa exactly what it is. It links us back to what, what we identify sex is and how important that is and where it starts. Can yeah. you talk a little bit more about how to prevent kids from getting their hands on, you know, where it starts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest issue that we're dealing with right now, we have general like sex, sexual abuse that kind of happens, but this weird thing that ties the pornography into it is kids are watching pornography and then acting it out on each other, which is obviously a huge issue for everybody, including the kids that are acting it out and the kids that are having it acted out on them. Um, but you've got to lock down your house. Like it, you cannot let the world, the whole interwebs come into your home. You have to lock it down. And, you know, some people are like, oh, well, they'll see it other places. There's a difference between kids seeing it other places, which hopefully won't happen. Hopefully you have like a social group where you can be like, hey, no devices. Like, I'm really worried about my kid watching pornography. Can we just, you know, um, and them accidentally seeing something versus they've got an iPad in their room and for years they're watching pornography and then they're displaying sexual abuse behavior and come to find out they've been streaming all night porn for years. You know, there's a, there's a difference, you know, it's like secondhand I, smoke when you're walking on the sidewalk versus like a kid smoking in their room. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess it, it comes back to that, uh, that, ex that experimenting and opening up your world sexually um, you know, I started at a young age and I don't know if that's based on the idea of being, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a virile young man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, just being, um, what did uh, you say a horny 12 year old or yeah. <laughs> 
but well, finding pornography at a young age and, and, and getting into that and stuff. And I don't know if that directly correlates with my sexual path or whatever. Um, but earlier we were talking about opening up that world and being more honest and with those taboo subjects. How do you, how do you stop kids from being kids? Cause even before I had access to, again, to like, 24 hours of porn and online streaming this and, and, and whatever, I was still curious. I was still pushing those limits with friends and, and this and that. And, you know, a lot of times you'll hear about these kids who are showing each other their genitals on the playground or this or that, because they're just fucking kids. They're, they they don't, don't know any don't better. Yeah. But you don't stop them because that's normal human sexual behavior. Like if they're like Johnny's shown his penis or whatever, Sally is like, whatever. Um, like, okay, that's not something we do on the playground. There's no shame. You know, that is totally normal behavior. And this is, this is again, like a very difficult situation because now that we're becoming uh, better versed about sexual abuse and sexual predators and perpetrators, um, Johnny or whoever, whatever male name I said before, now he's Johnny. Um, <laughs> yeah is now being dubbed a sexual predator. So it's this lack of understanding of uh, that kids are sexual people. Like they are not sexual predators because he showed that it's a part of the body. You know, he's, he's not Dr. John, you know, showing his penis on the, on the bus. Like it's a completely different deal. It's just like, I have this thing and you've got that thing. Isn't it weird? And they feel good. And like, it's, Everybody seems to be making a big deal about it. And for the first two years of my life, I was having my pants taken down and wiped down with a cloth like five times a day. And it was like this public, not public thing, but it was like not a private situation. Yeah. You're like, everybody's even grandma's seen my dick. What's the big deal? Yeah, And you get wiped down (laughs) and you get touched and whatever. It's like, um, and then it's like, it's just, you have to be very, very careful of labeling kids as sexual predators. And that's what ends up happening is they're like, how do we stop kids playing doctor? That's totally normal, you know, um, acting like using adult words and um, like, you know, all the words that you would see on any of the porn sites and acting out and sexual behaviors that are very adult, you know, there's a line. And I, I, people call me all the time and I coach them through like, okay, this is, this might be a concern that's a little bit mm, something's happening or no, this is totally normal behavior. No big deal. This is the best way to handle it. But you don't want to yeah, shame just, them. I, I, yeah. And that's, that's what I want to talk about is how do you, um, what is the best way about getting information from like, if let's say you see a red flag and you're like, okay, that's, that's definitely crossing the line. Um, because a lot of times if you ask a kid directly, they get, scared and they want to hide information information from you right that's just their go-to you're like who broke this lamp they're like i don't fear the dog you know i don't fucking know um but if you come at them and they're like hey how were you this afternoon did you play in the living room did you maybe knock over the table (laughs) you know like you you kind of lead them to it is 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 that the way is that do you do you approach this kind of sexual misbehavior the same way? If you're seeing red flags, do you try to lead them to it or do you be more direct or what, what is the best way to, to, to navigate that? So, 
you have to have the house rules about body safety. So um, I don't touch other people's private parts. They don't touch mine. I don't show mine. And all of these, you know, basically go to where it keeps them from getting in a situation where somebody's being accused of being a sexual predator or an adult is touching them. So um, don't take pictures of my private parts. I don't share, share or show pictures of private parts. Um, I don't look at pictures of private parts. Um, so there's these body safety rules where you can kind of, is if there's a point where you're like, okay, they were playing doctor, I saw it, whatever, it crossed the line. Um, first of all, if you think that your child has crossed the line sexually, you can say these, you, you're not following your body safety rules. You know, this is not safe, let's do something else. So it, no, it's no big deal, there's no shame. But if, if your child is crossing the line, then you need to go see a psychologist. Uh, you need to get therapy to figure out how you want to handle this. Do not try to handle it on your own. Your amygdala will take over and you're going to freak out and say all the wrong things. Like it's something, it happens when our kids, anything to do with sex and our kids, it's like this weird part of the brain where it just goes and short wires and you say stupid stuff. Even me. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, I know, like I teach this stuff and I'm just like, oh, you know, you just go into this other plane. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's, I mean, we could talk about like a good example. Um, somebody I was coaching had their daughter, she walked in on her daughter acting like she was giving another girl oral sex. And that's the kind of behavior where you're like, hmm, that's not normal doctor stuff. Normal doctor stuff is like, I'm going to touch yours. It's like touching, blah, blah, you know. Um, and she totally lost the plot. She completely freaked out. And she was like, Emily, we've been so horrified at me. And I'm like, no, that's just, that's what happens. You know, I mean, is it ideal? No, you're going to have to do a little bit of work to backtrack from that. Um, but your brain just blitzes. So you have to be kind of prepared. Like, okay, if I walk in on something, how am I going to handle it? You're going to say, hey, guys, let's do something else. Make everybody self safe. And then you go somewhere and chill the hell out. Write down everything you saw. Don't go call your aunt Betsy or anybody in the family to like gossip about it. You, you find a counselor that specializes in child sexual behavior or um, does play therapy with kids and go, okay, because you got to find the source. Like, all right, they're being exposed to pornography or somebody's done something with them. Like, in a very chill, mellow, like nothing's a big deal way. Otherwise you'll never get your answer. Yeah. And I think you brought up a great point too, is, and this goes along with the idea of updating this sex education is talking to kids about um, photographs because everybody's on Snapchat, everybody's on Instagram and TikTok and this and that. And they're, they're all sliding into each other's DMS and, and this and that and sending photos all the time. Um, I think that's an important conversation to have is how, you know, these pictures last forever. Anybody can save these. Anybody can access these. Yeah. They can screenshot them. And once they have that, that picture, yeah. it's over. Yeah. And they can do whatever they want with yeah. it. And kids need to be taught about blackmail. It's a really important piece of safety right now is understanding blackmail and what that is um, and things that can be a nude photo can be used endlessly to put people. I mean, kids commit suicide 
unfortunately on the regular because they sent photos in and then it was like, oh, we're going to tell everybody. And if you don't send us more and, you know, all of a sudden they're in this situation where they're just, there's no way out. They feel like there's no way out and sort of going, no, you're blackmailing me done. Yeah. Gonna, you know? Oh man, I could, I could talk to you for hours about all of this stuff and more, <laughs> so much more. I, I already knew that going into this conversation, I was like, I could talk to this chick for 10 hours about like modern world. Yeah. yeah um, I, I guess, but before we, before we leave here, um, we talked a lot about this idea of fantasy and, and, and tapering away from porn and all this stuff. If somebody is out there trying to do that, what are some of the benefits that you want them to know oh. that you're having now stepping away from the world of pornography and, and getting it in this kind of self fantasy and self journey? Um, what are the benefits that you're seeing from that? Well, I, th I think that there's the, the physical piece of not relying on this quick fix. You know, it's kind of like when you start eating a clean diet, your vitality just like quadruples. You know, when you're not consuming crap, your body will respond. And that's really what's happening with pornography. And it's a crutch. So as far as like self-development, like what are you running from? Like there's something you're running from. There's something um, if you're just, you're hitting the easy button. Um, literally. That's literally <laughs> hitting the easy button on something that's supposed to be like, like from a Christian perspective, it's like, I think in the Bible it says somewhere like men are to enjoy uh, the fruits of their labor and their wife. Like, like legit, you're supposed to enjoy your partner. That's it. I mean, he's not just saying like, like have her cook for you, like enjoy her sexually, you know? Um, so there's, there's that piece. I don't even know if people are like, well, I don't have a woman. Or, or, um, but the, the not, denying your own sexuality is what's happening with pornography. And it's one of the last things that we have that makes us an individual, like a truly unique, beautiful human being. Even if like, you're like, oh, but I have these fantasies about this weird stuff. Like that, like, no, you've got to read some of these books. That's my like mind expansion right now. It's like, holy cow, like all these things. It's these creepy, weird, sick, gross things that you're fantasizing about. That's not, that's not at all about you. It's just this weird loophole you'll have to go through to get away from the shame and guilt to get to a place where you can have an erotic experience. Um, so yeah, just, if this, sex is like this vital energy source and it's being like, you're just going to cheaply fire it out to get like this quick, whatever, you know, just explore it and see what happens. Like give it six months. Yeah, it's it seems I mean, like what, what, uh, what you're saying is, is pornography is like eating McDonald's where the yes. self expirations having a, a nice meal at a steakhouse. Right, like the good go for the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, depriving yourself because again, yeah, you're getting marketed to this idea of what you think sex is and maybe that's not what you relate to. Yeah, like don't don't be somebody's. I mean, I don't know if anybody saw Social Dilemma. I mean, that's a really good yeah. show about like you're a product. You're making some you jacking off 
to this crazy thing is making somebody else money. Like you are this machine instead of you going and like finding like your like primitive power source, you're like eh, eh, money for everybody else. You know. Can we talk about the empowerment of this rise of OnlyFans accounts? I mean, I feel like yeah. everybody's, you know, since the pandemic happened, everybody has an OnlyFans account. Is it dangerous to, I mean, is, again, I guess it kind of stems into the, the idea of these photographs of yourself and they live on forever. Um, do you think that's, yeah, so- da- you think that's hurting or helping? Um, well, I think, I think in the, in the whole like big uh, holistic look at pornography, it's people who are in economic situation where it's, you know, I mean, it just blossoms during COVID because it's in isolation and like, what else are they going to do to make money? It's probably sustained our economy more than anybody is really willing to discuss. Um, I like that the girls have more power, but they're doing it because they need the money. They're not economically empowered. You know what I mean? It's still in a place of victimization in that sense. Yeah, I guess you're right. I didn't think about that. It still is from a a need or a necessity. It's still coming from a place of of, uh, abuse. It's financial abuse um, instead of a self-empowerment or or a a body uh, image uh, empowerment issue where it's like, oh, I feel so good. I want the world to see me. It's no, I need to pay my fucking rent. Here's my... My, here's my thong <laughs> or whatever. You know, and then there's also these these issues where they're like, my uncle's on it. My uncle's been watching, um, and he may he and he's making these comments like, what do you what do you do with that? You know. So it's um, yeah. If you, if you thought your uncle being a Trump supporter was dangerous, wait till he sees your OnlyFans and brings that up at Thanksgiving. And it's, it's pornography. You know, that's um, I'm not pornography, but it's prostitution. It's picture prostitution is really like the meaning of the word pornography. So it's, let me just say, like, I'm a huge advocate for owning your sexuality and giving it away, that power, giving that power away is again, it's like, you're just, you're not realizing your true potentials, an incredible human being. You know, you're just like, I like, it's just cheapens it. So I, I've, I've heard the argument of, uh, of legalizing prostitution would solve a lot of problems, both financially and with the sexual taboo that we deal with. And in my personal opinion, school shooters. But, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of these guys are just like, hey, man, have you tried getting laid? Maybe you wouldn't fucking shoot up your work. Um, so are you against the idea of legal prostitution or do you feel like that falls into the, uh, I mean, is that, is, is that still abuse or trauma related or is that empowerment and your body, your choice? Realm? There was not too long ago, Amnesty International was trying to legalize prostitution in some countries and there was this big uproar about it, um, you know, from the sexual exploitation community. Um, the problem problem is, is in a lot of countries, I was in Cambodia and they were trying to rescue these kids that were being trafficked. It was illegal for them, for them to be in prostitution or for, for people to be using them for prostitution, but it was also illegal for them to be participating in it. So 
if if it came forward that they were being trafficked, these kids, these women, these people were victimized and arrested and put into jail just as much as the Johns or whoever was calling and paying for the prostitution. So there's weird issues around prostitution in that sense. And when in certain situations, and especially in certain countries, when it's legalized, then they are actually able to save and rescue women out of it. Because yeah, it feels like a lot safer. Yeah, it's there isn't that legal implication that they were doing something illegal and now they can get resources and it's just a stupid legal thing. That's the problem with it. Like, um, is it still victimizing people? Absolutely. You know, if it's legal or not legal, it's just, how do you save people? It's been the, the problem. Bleeds over into the idea of, um, I guess it's just, it's one step up from, from stripping. Right. And well, I, I'm sure there's a lot that would argue that, but I'm just for, for the general purposes of this conversation. Uh, um, so I think legalizing it would kind of work like that, where it would be a lot safer for the women. There would be an environment that is catering to, is catered to that. You would have security. You would have all of these things, regulations, um, and again, you know, comparing it to the idea of legalizing marijuana, the profits in America would go through the fucking roof. Right. Well, It'd be a financial boom. The problem with it'll never happen in the United States. I mean, well, I guess it happens in Vegas. But um, the problem is, is when Christians vote and if, you know, even if there's a, a lot of information saying that this is going to save people or whatever, you know, it's very much like the abortion issue to say, yes, I, I do want people to be, I'm, I'm going to say, yes, prostitution should be legal. It violates a code of ethics that they've committed their life to. It's the same with abortion, like to say, I'm going to vote for, for abortion, um, it's violating a code of ethics that they've committed their whole life to. So it's just this very difficult and honestly legalizing prostitution. I don't think that that's the, that's going to solve the problem. Kind of like making abortion legal or illegal isn't the problem. How about we help people never get into that position in the first place? Right. Right. Yeah. More is actually an abortion doctor and her and I, like I'm, I'm pro-life like all day long and her and I have these discussions. That's why I really liked you were talking about your getting both sides and coming to the conclusion that nobody wants women to have to feel like they're in a position to get an abortion. That is where we focus all of our efforts and all of our energy. Right. And it's like women being in prostitution because they have no other choice is not what anybody wants. Right. So it's like, how, how do we focus on that piece? And like the legalization right. is like not it's 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 not the real issue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a symptom, it's not the sickness. Yeah, it just makes everybody feel better. Like, oh, I voted against abortion, I voted against prostitution, like I it's like an easy out when it's like it's not even the issue. It's not even the issue. It's like so much more complicated than that. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for, for coming on today. I had such a great time talking with you. Good. This has been fun.
you guys so much for listening. You can find out more about Emily and her mission to stop the cycle of sexual trauma and opening people's eyes to the high price that we're paying for this pornified culture that we live in at howtoraiseamaverick.com. That's howtoraiseamaverick.com. You can always follow along with me on Twitter or Instagram at Malone Comedy. And if you like today's conversation, please hit that like and subscribe button. And don't forget to share today's episode with a friend. Thanks again for listening. not too sick of hearing my voice you can check out another podcast that i'm on called speakerphone i do it with my friend and singer songwriter ryan m brewer it's a good time uh you know pretty much the premise is him and i were having these great conversations over the years they were thought-provoking they were funny they were interesting and nobody got to hear them and so now <laughs> we started to record our phone conversations and share them with the world it's called speakerphone and you can listen to it on itunes spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Don't forget to subscribe.